um, uh, been working through uh, a series, I guess. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to last. I have no idea on that. All I know is that I was kind of put on a little bit of a mandate to uh, pull up some of our patriarchs of faith and then and to learn and glean from them, praise God. And so we've been working with, with David is where we started, amen. And uh, let's put uh, the First Corinthians reference up there real quick, just kind of a kind of a starting point. It says, now all these things happen to them as examples, amen. Uh, and they were written for our admonition or our teaching upon whom the ends of the ages have come. And of course, in context, talking about the children of Israel. And, and how many know it wasn't all good things? Sometimes, sometimes you learn... As an example, what not to do. Amen. So that's exactly what's happened. A lot of our uh, uh, patriarchs of faith, uh, you know, that, that cloud of witnesses, amen. Some of them, you know, of course, did great feats, did some great things. But even some of them that were even written as patriarchs of faith, you know, fathers of our faith, amen, uh, they still, you know, had a moment or two, you know, things that we learned what not to do, amen. And so I've kind of been taking this. In the sense, uh, you know, kind of given the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so just kind of looking at all, all angles with this. And uh, so we started with David. And we're going to talk some more about David tonight. So we're going to go to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 30. Let me get some of my notes up here. Praise the Lord. And, uh, of course, like I said, we've, uh, I don't know how many weeks we've been on, on this, or at least my time with you. Of course, I wasn't uh, up here every Wednesday this year, but uh, my time with you, we've been spending uh, talking about David, and uh, let's see here. Some of the things we talked about with David was uh, uh, about just the fact that, you know, his heart for God, amen, and uh, we've uh, talked about, last week, talked about a difference maker, how much he was a difference maker, how much he, you know, his, it was his heart, you know, to make a difference in his generation, you know, he owned his part. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're called to be a difference maker. Now, not everybody owns that. Not everybody does their part. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody does. You know, we, uh, we're all called, uh, we're called to this generation. Uh, whether it's the last generation or not before the Lord's return, we don't know. We have, you know, we have, uh, you know, things by Scripture and prophecies and things that, that are, seem like coming to pass on a day-to-day -day basis anymore. And uh, so, you know, whether we're the last generation or not that sees his return, uh, one thing you know for sure, it's your last generation. And uh, while we're here on planet Earth, we need to make a difference, do our part, make a difference. And so uh, that's a lot we talked about uh, last week. And I, I talked about things, uh, you know, using his life concerning, uh, you know, his walk in God and his willingness to forgive. And we talked about one week uh, about uh, being quick to forgive and quick to repent. Remember that? We took some time on that. And in fact, we're actually going to have uh, had little, you know, those little bracelet things that everybody makes and does. And we got some of them coming that's actually going to have uh, some of that on there that we're giving away and uh, being quick to repent and quick to forgive. And, and just remember that, you know, it's, it's just life gets better when you're quick to forgive and you're quick to repent. When you know you've done wrong, to just make it done wrong. Sorry, sir. Bang. Move on. Go the right direction. Amen. Uh, you know, make those decisions. Those are some things that we learned from David's life. Uh, the other thing, uh, uh, you know, we've uh, spent some time uh, talking about with his life, you know, concerning what happened with uh, him and, uh, you know, slaying the giant and some things we learned about just him as a young, really as a, 
you know, most scholars believe he was a teenager at the time. And just, uh, you know, his ten tenacity and his willingness to just do the God thing. Come on, right? And so many great things, willingness to stand up to the enemy. And uh, so there's a lot of things like that that we've been learning. And so tonight, uh, I'm going to talk about, I guess, uh, you know, the best way I, I guess word it, and this is just kind of how it came to me, is a warrior mentality and what that means. You know, a warrior spirit, maybe we could say. Um, and really what it is, is about a, about a no-quit spirit. You know, get your marching orders and move forward, take ground. And David was like that, amen. And we're called to be that way, amen. We're a no-quit people. Come on, right? We don't quit. But it isn't just, you know, not quitting. Uh, you also want to, you know, you want to take your marching orders and move forward and take the ground you're called to take, amen. Amen? Yeah. And so these are some things we're going to talk about today. So 1 Samuel chapter 30, and we'll go ahead and read the story. Uh, some of us, you know, in this church, and anyway, we are pretty familiar with this story. It says, now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag. Of course, this is where his family was. Uh, all their families were. And on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. So they're coming back to their, their home city here. With all their families, everything they had, their, uh, the families and all their possessions taken, gone, the towns burned down, and it said it had been taken. The women and those who were with, uh, who were there, from small to great, uh, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. And so, now remember, this is what all the um, uh, the Amalekites did. So, verse three. So David and and his men came to the city. Okay, so they're coming back from battle. So you can imagine, they're probably grateful to get home and coming back now as they come out over the hill, you know, they're seeing smoke, you know, whatever, and wondering what that is. And the closer they get, they realize and recognize it's their town has, has been burnt. So that, you know, that's an indication right there there's been trouble. And, uh, you know, so they get up there, and, and of course, it's a, it's a heavy deal. Everything was burned with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters had all been taken captive. And David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Now, you can imagine, uh, everybody's thinking the worst, right? Yeah. I mean, they're all thinking the worst. Um, you know, that's usually an indicator that, you know, but they're not finding any dead bodies. So they, they know that they've been taken. But still, you know, they're thinking the worst. And uh, so anyway, so David uh, even said David's two, two wives, um, uh, Ahim and Jezreelite, just, I don't know, I, I, I can't pronounce those ones, I guess. And uh, it says, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, uh, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Okay, so even his wives. It just says, so, so basically, the bottom line, I think, reading number five there is, is letting it be known. It wasn't, you know, you know, everybody. David included. Everybody lost everything. And I think it's good to know. Come on. Uh, everybody's feeling it. All right. But, uh, you know, so the men, uh, you know, don't know what to do. And it says that, uh, says, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Well, because the soul of all the people were grieved. You know, what do you do? Well, let's kill the leader. Uh, that, that makes sense. So every man and his sons and his daughters, you know, because of everything, says, and David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abathar the priest, Amalek's uh, 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 son, uh, please bring the ephod here to me. And uh, Abathar, I, why did I read all this? Anyway, brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? 
And he answered, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. And so it goes on to say that. And so David went, he and, uh, and the 600 men uh, went with him. And of course, it goes on to say how they all did that. And uh, a group of them went, some of them stayed. Uh, but anyway, uh, they go back, and of course, what happens? They recover all just like God said. Amen? So let's, let's glean something from this, all right? So let's go back to like uh, verse 6. Okay, so, uh, so David was greatly distressed, um, you can imagine. Uh, anyway, why? Because everybody's t- talking about killing him. Well, these are all his men, uh, you know, these men that followed him. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of everything you can feel here, all the emotional deal. Not only are you feeling like you lost everything, they've lost everything. Uh, you've been kicked in the shins no different than they have. But they're, uh, you know, based on their grief, they don't know what to do. So, you know, you know, what do we do? Well, let's kill our leader or something. Because if we wouldn't, uh, if we wouldn't have followed you out to battle, we would have been here, and maybe our families would still be with us right now. I mean, all these kind of thoughts are running through their head, you know. And so somehow it's, it sounds justified to kill their leader. And uh, so uh, David, you know, says greatly distressed. Um, and so you can imagine. So it's not just the fact that he's lost everything. Uh, but now, you know, even the moment, maybe, you know, feeling betrayed. I mean, we can, we can kind of go through all kinds of, uh, you know, emotional upheaval that's going on here. Uh, let's see. So feeling uh, distressed or greatly distressed is how uh, the New King James words it. It means to be pressed or narrowed, uh, narrowed or in straight. So vexed, pressured into a tight spot. Okay, distressed. That's what that word distressed means. Some other translations use words like um, he was in, uh, felt in great danger or deep trouble. These are just other ways that it says it. Uh, one says serious difficulty. Um, he was in great you know, or in serious difficulty. Another one said in difficult position, in a difficult position. That makes sense. And then one says uh, in a worse dilemma. In other words, it was already a bad thing, and now it's a worse dilemma. Uh, are you hearing me? Because now his own men are wanting to kill him. Okay, so that makes sense. And the word dilemma just means a tight spot again. Um, just giving some definition here. To be a difficult situation or dire straits, it means at a crossroads or a juncture. Amen. And bottom line is, you know, it isn't good, ain't fun. Nobody likes to have them moments. And uh, so that's what he's up against. Now, uh, you know, for whatever it's worth, uh, you know, I'm going to maybe just kind of toss this out there. But, uh, you know, the difference between just an average individual and an achiever is how they respond to setbacks. I mean, a lot of people just cave to it, and they, you know, whatever, and it's, you know, that's just my lot in life, and everything always bad happens to me, and, and they just, you know, another bad thing, you know, it's the way it is, you know, and, and they just cave to it. Uh, or you can be, you know, like a man like David and made a decision, I'm not going to let this beat me. Come on. And so he handled the setback different, and he obviously handled it different than the rest of the men did. Right? They're all talking about killing him. I mean, you'd think they all just said, come on, get on your horse, let's go. Let's go get him. You know, but they didn't. They just, let's kill him. (laughs) And he's the only one that made a decision, you know, to handle this thing different. So what did he do? He obviously went to the Lord and said, David strengthened himself and the Lord is God. Amen. I said, amen. Amen. Praise God. So uh, David strengthened himself in the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the word strengthen here um, means uh, literally to take or to seize courage, to fasten upon strength. Again, many translations here 
Uh, I think the New Living brings out, he, David found strength in the Lord his God. Now just now hang on to this because this is what we're called to do. When you feel greatly distressed or what were some of those other words, you feel in serious difficulty, a difficult position, a worse dilemma, great danger, trouble, who are you going to consider? Right? Now that's something, you know, it was just a week or so back, you know, I made something that's really pounding in me a lot is, uh, you know, uh, just that thought of consider him. And no matter what's going on, I consider him. All right? Uh, you're, you're in financial pressure, consider him. You're in, you're in health issues, consider him, right? You got, you got uh, pressure at home, consider him, right? Before you start running around trying to fix everything yourself or maneuver and manipulate the circumstances somehow, how about consider him? That's the first thing we should always do. Uh, God should, uh, should get the first consideration no matter what we're dealing with. And David's a good example of that. And I think, remember now, this is a man, the scripture says, a man after my own heart. So obviously these are things, these are qualities that God obviously cherishes. You know, cherishes. Did I say that right? And uh, so he, keep, he obviously it's dear to God. So these are some qualities that David had that I think we, these we can learn from. All right? So David's first consideration was God. Amen. He could have, you know, he could have just, Fell down and said, fine, you know, kill me, you know, whatever. I'm, you know, he's just as much in, you know, I think that's, that's one of the reasons why he mentioned that David lost everything too. He could have, you know, you know, he could have tucked tail and ran from his men. He could have just laid there and said, fine, stone me, take me out, take me out of my misery. Come on, some people do that. Some people act that way. Whatever else you can do, just take me out of my misery. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Get me out of here. Right? Come on now. Some people would go that route. But the word says that David considered God, obviously. So David went to the Lord and strengthened himself in the Lord is God. Strengthened himself. Found strength in the Lord. Amen. The Amplified says he encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. The message says it this way. Uh, David strengthened himself with trust. I like that. Strengthened himself with trust in his God. The uh, Moffat translation says that he relied on the eternal his God and took courage. So he, in other words, even though everything's going, he relied on the eternal, amen, his God and took courage. The Jerusalem Bible says that he, I like this, he fortified or reinforced himself in the Lord his God. Reinforced himself. He had fortified himself. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, how I many know, you know, not, uh, you know, once in a while you got pressures, things that happen. You ever been knocked down? Come on. You ever had something that didn't go the way you wanted it to? We've all been there, right? And, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen like we want. So what do you do about it? Well, you, you cry. Well, not that there's anything wrong with crying, but, but sometimes if it's, if it's just nothing but doubt and unbelief, you need to knock that mess off. Come on, right? But, uh, you know, sometimes what we do is we get mad. That's it. We get mad. Well, no, that, that's, not, that's not usually not going to be a good answer. Come on. Come on. We panic. Huh? We, 
you know, we run around chasing our tail, you know, whatever. And uh, there's just all kinds of things that happen. Uh, and I just thought, you know, it's worthy of looking at this, uh, you know, David being, in a sense, a warrior, uh, you know, for the Lord, a warrior mindset. Um, the scripture says this in Proverbs 24. Maybe we'll put a few of these up there, Karen. Uh, Proverbs 24 and 16 says that a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, right? The wicked shall fall by calamity. So a righteous man may fall. In other words, you may stumble. There may be things that go on, amen, or even in yourself. Maybe it was your own mistakes. Have you ever made a mistake and stumbled? <laughs> yeah, it happens, don't it? You know, but, you know, the, the emphasis in this verse here is the fact that no matter how many times you fall, you get up again. Right? And that's the thing about David. David got up. That's the emphasis is getting up. See, it's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get up. You know, and the, you know, seven times, that doesn't mean that, you know, if you fall the eighth time, you're done. Well, you know, some might say, you know, I've, I've went past the seven mark a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, we probably all have. But the word seven just means complete. Amen. So, uh, you know, you may be pretty good at falling down. <laughs> the idea is, will you get back up again? Amen. And, if you, you know, the thing is, if you do what David did, you get up and you strengthen yourself in the Lord, you'll find that you'll do less falling. Yeah. Amen. But it's like when you fall, though, and then you'll waller in it for a while. Is that a word? I, it's what we always used to use back in the Midwest. You know, you'll waller in it, you know, like some old sow in the mud, you know, you're wallering in it, you know. And some people, you know, they just waller in it, you know, and about a month later, they kind of surface again, you know, and, oh, you are alive, you know. But uh, so a lot of times people are that way, but, uh, but it, this just says you may be really good at falling down, just get, get yourself back up again. That's the key. Get yourself back up again. Uh, the book of Micah brings up a verse in chapter 7, verse 8. Uh, it says this, do not rejoice over me, my enemy, when I fall. Because I, why? Because I will arise. Amen. When I sit in darkness, in other words, in a bad moment, bad time, the Lord will be a light to me. Amen. So in other words, I, I have a God that's on my side, a God that's with me. And, uh, you know, just bottom line, when I, you know, I may have, I may have, uh, I think it's the, um, I don't know if I wrote it down or gave it to Karen. I probably didn't do that back there. But in 2 Corinthians, I believe it is, in the chapter 4, and um, yeah, I think it's the, oh, it's a different translation. I think a J.B. JB Phillips translation, I believe it is. It says, I may be knocked down, but I ain't never knocked out. <laughs> I like that. Amen. You know, I may have got knocked down one way or another, but I ain't knocked out. So bless God, I'm getting back up again. Amen. And you got you to have that in you as a child of God because there are times you're going to be under pressure. There's going to be times that somehow the enemy blindsides you or something or something goes on or some, some person maybe did something, you know, made a bad choice or something. I mean, that happens, right? And then for a moment, we're affected by it because of the, of the choice they made. That doesn't mean you're permanently affected by it, but for the moment, it feels like you got the wind knocked out of you or something. Come on. Uh, no matter what, you just, you have to purpose that first and foremost, I get up. That's what I do. I get up. And I lean on God. I look to God. Amen. That's what I do. You know, I'm not going to waller in it. I'm not going to give up and quit. Uh, I'm going to get up. I'm just going to get up. All right? Yeah, I was knocked down. Yeah, it, got, it, it took me off guard. Or yeah, it knocked the wind out of me for a minute. But I, I get back up again. I've been knocked down, but I ain't knocked out. Bless God. Amen. Yep. Anyway, praise the Lord. 
Uh, does that sound a little too intense for you tonight, or is that all right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, anyway, uh, don't rejoice over me, mighty, because when I fall, I will arise. Praise God. Amen. I believe that's kind of what uh, David felt. Uh, Romans 8, another good verse for this. Verse 37, yet in all these things. Yet in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us, right? And, and what things? He just mentions all these things, all these different things. Physical things, emotional things, all these kind of pressures. Uh, and, and, and yet in all these things, no matter what's come your way, no matter what you've had to deal with. In fact, I tell you, well, let's go to Romans 8. Let's do that real quick. Put your finger right there. We'll come back to 1 Samuel. Uh, we'll come right back there, but Romans 8. Have I ever told you I like Romans 8? Probably haven't done that in a while, though, have I? Have I told you that in a while? Anyway, I love Romans 8. There's just a lot in there. But if you go, go into Romans 8, and I, I, Karen, I think I gave you, you know, just the verse uh, 37. Uh Let's back up there a little bit in verse 31, read through it. Um, if you can pull that up for him, Karen, we'll just kind of read through that. What then shall we say to these things? And there's all this stuff that's going on. If God be for us, and he's asking the question, if God be for us, who can be against us? Could we, could we say that as a child of God? He's asking that question. You know, if God be for us, who could be against us? Verse 32, he did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Look at your neighbor and say, that's for you too. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? In other words, every, you got all, everything at your disposal. Who shall bring a charge, you know, to oppose, bring a charge against God's elect, right? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also uh, uh, is risen, right? Come on. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? And we, I mean, we've just got all these kind of things. I mean, I mean, the enemy might be trying to condemn you, beat you up with shame, guilt, condemnation, inferiority, all that kind of mess. I mean, sometimes that stuff tries to take the wind out of your sails. Well, uh, you know, it's God. Come on, it's God. Come on, it's God who justifies. So you've got a God that's on your side here. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He's asking that question. Shall tribulation, which just means, you know, pressure from trouble. Should, should tribulation separate you from the love of God? No, so, you know, so, okay, so you're dealing with some pressure, uh, some trouble going on. All right, get back up again, right? How about distress? That just means mental pressure. You ever had mental pressure? Worry try to overcome you, you know, anxiety, right? Am I all alone on that one? All right, I didn't think so. How about persecution? That means people problems. We've all had that. Come on. But did, did that separate you from, from the love of Christ? No, so you might as well just get back up again. Well, you know, I don't like it that people do that to me. I don't either, but you keep doing this, keep quitting and giving up. You know, you're just letting the enemy beat you now. Amen. How about famine? That just means uh, without sustenance. Okay. You ever been without sustenance? You know, I've been in a place without, and I've been in a place with. I like it with better than without. Anybody else on that? But I remember the days we had to live on top ramen. That's all we could afford. Come on. I ain't lying to you. But there was a time that's all we could afford. And we live on that top ramen stuff. I think it's of the curse, Juan. I wouldn't eat that stuff. <laughs> no, it's, it's probably not of the curse. A lot of people like that stuff. But when you have to live on it, pretty soon it's like, I don't like this stuff. 
bad memory. Eat this stuff. I remember when we got, I remember when we started prospering. You know, we could buy frozen veggies and mix with it. We thought, man, it's like a Chinese dish. <laughs> I remember those days. Come on. Yeah, little by little, you know, God started bringing increase, amen. But so I've been with and I've been without, having, having it's better. <laughs> but we've all probably been through those times we've been without, right? Okay, how about nakedness? That just uh, means, uh, let's see, what does that mean? Without provision. It just means without provision, okay? So, you know, been without. In other words, you, you don't have everything you'd like to have. Uh, does that mean you quit? Does that mean you give up? Come on. Bad decision happened, and all of a sudden I'm without now. What do you do? Well, you still praise God. You still worship God. You still, you still choose God. Come on. Still consider Him. You still, you know, you move forward, right? Come on. Peril, that just means your life's in danger. All right? The sword just means under judicial punishment, you know? Uh, you ever been under judicial punishment? Really? No, not me, sir. Yeah, me either. Well, you've all been under that stuff. Well, you know, I, I got busted. So is that, so, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I'm in trouble. What do you, well, what do you do? You move forward. Come on. Come on. As it is written, for your sake, this is a verse, okay, this is a quote, all right. So this is out of Psalms, I believe out of Psalms, I believe 44, I believe it is. Uh, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are, uh, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. In other words, sometimes you feel that way. That's what he's just saying. In other words, you feel like everything's stacked against you. You ever felt that? All right. Yet. That's why he says in verse 37, yet. Everybody say yet. Yet, yet in all these things. Doesn't matter how it's looking, how I'm feeling at the moment. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Can I hear a big amen? amen? So that just tells me, get up. Don't quit. Don't give up. Amen. So let's go back now to 1 Samuel. We could read more of that and hang out in Romans 8 all night. But let's go back to 1 Samuel again, chapter 30. So he strengthened himself in the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Amen. So he obviously made a decision to look up. Amen. And to consider him, hallelujah. So then David said to Abathar, the priest, uh, uh, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. Of course, he's going to pray. This is the priest's ephod. And uh, Abathar brought the, the ephod to David. And of course, so he's seeking God. So David, what? Inquired of the Lord. So David inquired of the Lord. So he didn't, he didn't just look up. He's, he's now inquiring. Now listen, we're talking, about a, we're talking about a warrior mentality, you know, about not give up, get up. But see, it's not just, whew, let's see, the best way this kind of came to me is, you know, you can, you, can, you can get up and keep getting knocked, knocked around and knocked down and have a mentality to keep getting up, and that's great, but... But if, you, if you'd seek God a little bit, you might find out maybe you don't get knocked down as much. Right? I mean, you know, this is how the Spirit of God gave it to me, all right? He says, you know, get in a fight, but fight right. 
opposed, as we said, opposed to fighting wrong. Because you can get in the fight and be fighting wrong, and all you're doing is doing what Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians. You're, you're as one that's beating the air. You're, you're, you're fighting something. You're swinging, but you ain't connecting. Try this side. You're not connecting. So you're, you're, you're wearing yourself out because you, you're, you know, you're getting up and you're, you're, you're fighting, but you're not, you're, you're not connecting, so you become an easy target. You wear yourself out, and then the one-two punch, and you're down again. Hello? And, you, you know, you, you need to be commended for keep getting up, but we don't just get up just to get knocked down again. So a warrior is not just, you know, got the mentality to just get up. He's going to make adjustments, do whatever he's got to do, because he ain't going to let you knock him down again. I'm going to take you out. Right? So I'll, I'll make my, I'll get my footing different. I'll do it. I'll grab the other weapon if that's what it's going to take. Come on. You know, I'll approach this different than, uh, than what I did the first time. Whatever, I make adjustments. So he inquired of the Lord. He's asking God, what do I do? Sounds like a good, a good thing to ask. It's a good thing to ask. Uh, you know, he says, you know, do I, should I pursue him? You know, shall I pursue this truth? He's asking that, right? It's a good question. Um, Let's see, is it Matthew, Matthew 7? You can put that up there if you want. The word says this, ask, and it'll be given. Now, it, means, it literally means to ask. When you look up the word ask, it means ask with the intent to receive. So, you know, you're, you're asking with the intent. So it means that you've got, you've got you're, you're asking, but you kind of, you got your catcher out there to grab hold of whatever he's going to answer, right? He's not just asking for the sake of asking and then go on and ignore him. He's asking, amen, ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek with intent to find something. Remember, I always use that illustration. Sometimes the kids get mad because sometimes I use some of their illustration, use them as an illustration. But I remember, you know, when my kids were younger and my son, uh, when he was young, you know, I'd say, you know, Go, uh, go get that and put it in your room. And he'd say, I can't find it. And I said, it's in your room. Go get it. I can't find it. I said, listen, if I come up there and I find it. So that changes the intent of his seeking. Does that make sense? Okay, so not that God's out to get you. Right? I'm just saying that, but it, 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 it changes the intent. See, sometimes you just kind of, see, God, God wants to help you. God wants to show you. God wants to lead you. Well, if, if, you're, if you're seeking with intent to find, you're lifting up the cushions. Come on, you're, you're looking underneath. You're, you're moving furniture. You're, come on, right? You're opening up the doors, looking under the seat there. You're, I mean, you're, all, you're doing all these things because your seek mode, the intent is to find. 
right? So David inquired of the Lord, right? And it says here, ask and it'll be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock, amen, literally with the intent you want that door to open. That's what it means. So knock and it'll be open to you. Verse 8, amen, this is a promise. Everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and he who knocks, it will be open. Now, James said this. He said, uh, he said that uh, you have not because you ask not. See, a lot of people just ain't asking. I'm seeking God. Well, what did you, you ask God? Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? If you got to ask me what do you mean, you didn't ask. Right? If you got to ask me what do you mean, then it's obvious you're not doing it. So, you, you know, you just... You just, you just think because you're moving along, God's just going to do whatever. If he, you know, if God wants to get it to me, he'll just do it. That's a wrong mentality. We ask, we seek, we knock. Come on. We go to God with intent to hear something, to receive something, to see something, to see that door, whatever it is, to open, praise God. Amen. We use faith. Come on, right? And that's a promise. If you ask, you will receive. You seek, you'll find. You knock, that door opens, praise God. The book of James, again, in chapter 1, in verse 5, it brings up, it says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. He'll give it to you liberally, it says, without reproach. He's not holding anything against you. He's not going to say, Juan, you were, a, you were a booger today. He wasn't. He was a great guy today. Juan was amazing today. But he, he just played along with this one. Anyway, so you were a booger today. And because you were a booger, there's no wisdom for you. Does God do that? No. See, if Juan says, Lord, I need wisdom, he knows I better get some wisdom to him because that booger needs help. And he's not a booger, by the way. Hallelujah. But you get my point. So without, he gives it to you liberally, means he, he's got more than enough, and without reproach, it says, amen. So he's not holding anything against you, and it'll be given. So if you lack something, all I'm just trying to say is God wants to give it to you. But you've got to be willing to, to ask with the intent to receive. Seek with intent to find. Knock with the intent that door to open for you, amen. Are you still with me? Um, you know, I believe it's, uh, I don't know what other references I gave you back there, but I was thinking of uh, uh, 1 John and 5, verse 14 and 15. You know, this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And we know that He hears us, and we know that we have the, what? That we have the petitions, right? No, let's see. We know that we, let me, let me read it. No, thank you very much. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Put verse 14 up there again. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him. Anybody confident in God? So you ought to know that if we ask anything according to His will, you say, well, what if we don't know His will? Well, that word's His will. God ain't holding it. The word says, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spirit. I mean, we can't, you can't say that God's holding that out the will from you. He's not doing that. He's trying to get it to you. But once you know God's will on something, it says you can, with confidence can ask anything according to that, and you know then with confidence that he hears you. And if he hears you, then verse 15 says, right, and if we know that he hears us, hey, 
Whatever we ask, we know that we will have what the petitions that we have asked of him. That's a good promise. Now, I believe that was David. David knew that. I like the boldness of David that he, he asked for the ephod of the, of the priest. Now, for whatever, see, my guess is the priest wasn't in a place of faith right now. It just, you know, it just, you know, just a thought I'm having. So, you know, if I'm off, I apologize, but I, I think, I'm, I think I'm, I'm seeing this, okay? And so he asked for the ephod. He didn't ask for the priest. To bring, he didn't ask you handle this. No, he took the ephod. He said, I'm seeking God. I'm going to get an answer from God. Because right now, there ain't nobody in the house got any faith. Y'all wanting to kill me. Listen, somewhere online, we're going to have to get an answer what to do here. Come on. Come on. Right? So he grabbed the ephod and said, and he called out to God, what do I do? Should I pursue him? What did God say? So God gave an answer. Well, he must have done that in faith. He must have done something right. Wasn't like he did something wrong here. He didn't do anything wrong. He inquired of God. And he got an answer from God. God said, yeah, pursue him. I love this. Yeah, pursue him, right? For you shall what surely... Woo! Overtake them and without fail recover all. Now let's, let's remember now the whole crew, we got hundreds of men right here. We know there are at least 600 men, at least 600 men wanting to stone him. Well, you know, that would, that would probably give you a bummer day. You know, all your buddies, all the guys you just fought alongside. Come on. And now they're all wanting to kill you. And you're the only one that's in a place, anywhere near mentally in a place to know I seek God here. I get my answer from God. So he did that. He gets the word. Now, you know, you know, you think about this. It's not even just that. Not even just that he's going to go take out the enemy. He's now riding. Listen, he's now riding into battle again with, with a bunch of them that just basically just betrayed him. Now, it's just, 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 just hear me, okay? It says, Shall I overtake them? David said, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake? I, just, 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 I don't know. Was David thinking, you know, all these boys are going to follow me? Or am I alone here? Now, David's done this before. He ain't afraid. Because when he took out after the giant, Come on, the giant was running his mouth. Am I a dog and you send some stick after me? What is the deal here? Give me a man over there who I can fight with. And David looked at him and said, 
I don't know what else he said. You come at me, you run your mouth, your big mouth saying this, saying that. You're going to use this, you're going to do that. He said, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to feed your carcass. And he said this, and all their carcasses. And I'm going to take your head. And I don't even have a knife. And I'm going to take you out and everybody standing behind you out. Well, you know, back then, just this loudmouth teenager. I'm sure everybody standing behind Goliath, Goliath included, and even the armor bearer standing right next to Goliath is going, well, that was bold. <laughs> right? So I'm just telling you, you can think what you want. I mean, I know, and you know, we know by the book, they obviously all jumped on board and followed him into battle again. We know that. But David was willing to do whatever God told him to do. Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. I don't know. It's just, you know. Now, we know the boys all got their ducks in a row and jumped in, you know, behind him and rode off into battle again. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I think David was willing, if it took just me by myself, I'll bring them back. I believe that. Okay? You can think what you want to think and uh, find out later I was right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it might be one of those things we get to watch the replay. <laughs> <laughs> and we were all wrong. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I just think that's something to look at. Amen. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him. Amen. Right? He answered him, Pursue. Amen. For you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. So verse 9, it's another key. So if you're going to have a warrior mentality, you know, you're going to have to have this no quit mentality. This rise again, look up mentality. You're going to have to have that mentality of, 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 of considering him, seeking him, amen, asking of him and being willing to hear from him. But then you got to have some follow through. You know, I've had people before over the years say, well, God told me to do this. And I'm thinking to myself, why are you doing it? Well... You know, not everything's in right yet. Well, right for you or right for God? Right? Come on, I'm not picking on nobody. I'm just saying. So part of it is you got to remember, okay, you, you know, you're, you're getting up. You're looking up. All right. But now you got to be willing when God gives direction and clarity. You know, he gives you your marching orders. Then you got to be willing to go do. You got to follow through with it. Right? I mean, I've had times in my life, I've even had times in uh, talking with folks and, and visiting where they're at, and I just understand God's not talking to me about something. He's not, not you know, I'm not getting answers about this or whatever. And so one of those, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times it comes down to this. What was the last thing he told you to do? Well, he told me, are you still doing that? Well, no. Well, maybe that's the problem. 
we're not still doing what he told us to do last. Come on. And we're waiting to get another instruction, and we haven't even fulfilled the last thing he asked. Anybody with me? So David, it says here that, uh, so David went. And it said, he and 600 men with him, right? So they, they went. Now, I just think that's kind of cool. Uh, so David went. And he, and I think to me, it still, again, just says the same thing. I think David hopped on his horse or whatever they had. I don't know what, I'm assuming they all had horse or whatever. They hopped on his horse and took off. And they all went, where's he going? I don't know. Let's do what we, sh- we always do. Let's follow him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is they obviously joined him. Praise the Lord. Amen. And there's a whole story behind that. And uh, some of them, they left at a certain place because they were so fatigued because they'd just come back from battle. Uh, and so some went on. Some stayed back. And, and, uh, but uh, there's a whole story. But they go in and they get and they bring everybody, recover everything. And then some, come on, they not only got all their stuff back, they plundered them. Took a bunch of them out, and the and the bunch of them that had, uh, I guess a bunch of them that had camels, they got on their camel and booked out and got got you know away from them. But, but otherwise, everybody else lost their life, and all of their all their families and possessions were recovered. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Praise the Lord. So everybody say you gotta you gotta have some follow through. All right. So back to verse nine again. So so David went. David went. All right. So I thought, we better look that up, because you never know, maybe it means something else. But it means that. It means to walk it out, to carry it out. Now listen, to cause to run, to follow or lead forth, and it's referring to follow through. Amen. So there was follow through. Amen. James 1 says this, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving yourselves. Now, um, you know, uh, you know, we could go on and say, well, he's talking about the written word. I don't believe he's just talking about the written word. It, it does definitely mention that in that text, or at least in, in James 1 there. Uh, but, uh, but you have to understand, word just means something spoken, okay? So, you know, you have to say there's times when God speaks something to you too. Come on. You should follow this written word. Right? But there's times God just speaks to you, okay? Uh, well, what do I do? How about shut thy mouth? I use that one a lot because I, obviously I, I had to use that one a few times. I had to walk in that one a few times. Just leave it alone. Shut up. <laughs> Something needs to be said. Really? If God says nothing needs to be said, then shut up. Right? I'm looking at everybody today. Come on. Come on. You know, sometimes we think we got to, you know, get even. You know, well, they got me, I'm getting them. Well, I, I guarantee you somewhere online the Spirit of God was talking to you. Come on. So there are times, you know, that God will say things to you. Sometimes it's simple things. Sometimes it's just a little word to, uh, to bring, um, bring assurance into a relationship or something. Just, just God puts it on your heart to say something. Well, I'm, I'm not that way. Well, learn to get that way. Well, that's just not who I am. Well, if God says you need to do that, then you better, better change who you are. Come on. 
and do something different here, right? Come on, I'm talking of God leading you to do something, right? Right? Come on, Karina, right? Right, right? Amen. It's just, I mean, that's, if God's leading, so there's got to be follow through with it. Uh, I've had a, little, a lot of victories uh, just with one-liners. One-liners. You think, what's a one-liner? God just gave me one line to say. Made the statement, and it changed the whole environment. Changed the whole atmosphere. I remember that with my kids. I can't, I can go, I can give you a dozen stories of just raising kids and wanting to do something. And the Spirit of God says, don't go there. Right? And then you're like, inquiring of the Lord. Right? Am I, I'm, not, I'm not alone on these things. You inquire of the Lord, and the Lord says, say this. I'd like to say something else. Is there anybody else up there? <laughs> say this. You turn and you say that. And then trust God that what you just said was enough. Not put your little spin on it. Right? And I can tell you how many times God turned something around just with one statement. But it was the statement he gave. Everybody with me? So you got to follow through. So be a doer of the word. So if God gives you a word and, or he shows you something by scripture, amen, so we're not going to take away from that. But it says, be a, uh, but don't not be a hearer only. Obviously, you're talking about you hearing something. Well, anyway, whatever. But deceiving yourself. So uh, sometimes we do. Sometimes we deceive ourselves. It happens. Um, a lot of times, uh, I mentioned this earlier, but a lot of times over the years, people have said, well, the Lord's telling me uh, this. Okay, great. It sounds like a good word. Sounds right. Um, are you doing that? Well, you know, no. God gave you a word. So don't deceive yourself into things just because you heard a word that you're following through of that word. Right? Are you getting something here? You know, you know, we've all been there times just because, you know, you heard something, so you, you might walk away, you know, rejoicing that you heard something from God, but then wait, is there a follow-through? Are you following through with it, though? Got to follow through with it, all right? Because, you know, you're just... Uh, you know, you, the word uh, goes on later in James. They're talking about that the, the blessing is attached to the doing, not to the hearing, to the doing. So if you want God, amen, you want, you know, you want God moving in whatever it is you're dealing with, then it's in the doing. So if God leads and you follow through and you do what he's asked, guess what? The blessing's attached to that. I mean, remember when, when uh, Jesus is, um, we got multiple cases or uh, uh, times with this, but one of them, um, somebody, you know, uh, talking about, you know, uh, you know, you know, somebody said, blessed, uh, you know, are those, uh, are blessed is the mother that, uh, you know, that, that nursed you, you know, and he, he says, no, more than that, blessed are those who hear what I say and do it, right, right, amen, 
One time, he, the, the family's waiting outside. They're calling Jesus to come out of the house because they want to talk to him. His family's out there. And, you know, he's administering to people in the house. And they, they think just because he's their family, and when I say come, he's going to come. And he, and he says, you know, your family's calling you out. He, he looked up. He said, who is my family? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who is my family? Those who hear and those who do. Obviously, he's not going out of the house. <laughs> oh, sometimes, you, you know, those things you think, whew, I bet mama was mad. <laughs> I told that boy, get himself out here. I'm busy, mom, talking with some folks here that are going to give heed to what I say. Come on now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, we all know by Scripture, later on, the family got a hold of it. They did. The family got a hold of it. Praise the Lord. And they did. And, uh, in fact, I think uh, we know a, a big, big group of them were up in the upper room when, when the Holy Ghost uh, uh, fell. Right. So they obviously came along. Right. And we know James, his half-brother, he grew up in the house with Jesus, wrote the book of James, and Jude. Uh, you know, so these are you know, family members that obviously got a hold of it. Amen. So it wasn't like they were, you know, you know, they stayed whatever. I'm just saying that they obviously come along, got a hold of it. So am I boring you with all this? All right. Uh, James 2 and 17, uh, Jesus said, uh, or pardon me, James said, faith by itself, if it does not have, you know, works or corresponding action is dead. So, you know, he brings out, he's doing the illustration about, you know, faith, you know, to, to, to say you believe something's great, but, but you got to have follow through with it. See, the word works there just means a corresponding action. So if you want your faith to produce something, it's the follow through. Got it? <clears throat> and that, but see, you stop, you think about it, you know, that's the part that's, you know, sometimes is, you know, a little nerve-wracking, okay? I feel like the Lord's telling me this, okay? I'm hearing from heaven. God wants some follow-through. And that's the part sometimes like, okay, right? Karina, I keep coming over to you. What's the deal? Amen. But there's, if you want your faith to produce something, it's the follow-through. I said it's the follow-through. Otherwise, your faith ain't got no life to it. That's what I said. It's dead. He repeats himself three times on that. And he says, literally, faith without works is like the body without the spirit. You got a lifeless body laying there. It's wonderful. You got, oh, that body looks so wonderful. But it ain't got no life to it. So it, ain't, it can't do anything. So he said, your faith's that way. So in other words, God could tell you something, and you can say, all right, I'm going to do that. But then you got to follow through. you got to do that. Amen. And with the follow-through, then comes the answer, comes the breakthrough, comes the blessing, comes, you know, on down. Are you, are you still hearing me? All right. So let's see. What else did I got? Amen. I put, uh, I went ahead and put Philippians 3. Let's do that. Philippians 3. Um, just, uh, we'll close with Philippians 3. How about that? Okay. Philippians 3, kind of a common text, but I thought it was kind of worthy of looking at. 
Are you getting something tonight? I appreciate your patience uh, with all this. We're kind of just taking our time with it a little bit, but um, Philippians 3, and um, I, I gave uh, Karen verse 14, I pressed toward the goal or the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, of course, if I backed up, he said, not, verse 12, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind. Amen. I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize. I press. Now, the reason the press is because there's always going to be some form of resistance. Now, that's why I want to kind of close it with this, um, because that's the thing. You know, uh, in, in the follow-through, uh, you know, there's always some form of resistance. And, uh, you know, uh, I think, um, you know, whether or not this statement would fit here, I think it would, but, you know, we, you can't conquer something that you never confront. You know, if you're not willing to press through something, it's hard to conquer that thing. So it comes back around again. Here you are again, having to deal with it again. So you just have to know that you got to have some follow through, some press through. I press, right? I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And again, it's just another thing. Say, if you're gonna, if you, if you're gonna get the prize, whatever. In this, in this text, it's, it's talking about an upward call. Okay, you know all that God has called you to. All I mean, we can go on. That's probably a pretty broad. Um, a statement there, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, all that God has, amen, I press toward the goal, amen, for the prize. So if I want the prize of that upward call, you know, God to manifest Himself in all these areas of my life, then i got to be willing to press toward that. So there's got to be some kind of follow-through with that. And I think it's worthy of, of mentioning because a lot of times folks just sit on their duff. And it's just waiting for God to do something. And, um, you know, I think, I think probably, to be honest, we've probably all been guilty of that here or there. Um, you know, where we're, you know, just waiting. What are you doing? I'm waiting. Well, you know, where it says wait on the Lord. Well, it doesn't mean that you do nothing. That word wait doesn't mean do nothing. Come on. It means to wait on the Lord, like literally like a waiter would wait on a table. Okay? So I'm going to wait on the Lord. So I'm going I'm to I'm keep myself connected with Him to be in a place of, amen, to hear and to follow, to get instruction, to get my marching orders. Whatever it is, I'm, I'm, I'm there ready to do whenever he gives it to me. Are you still hearing me? So I just, I just think it's worthy of looking at that because sometimes that's the thing. You know, God's talking to us, and then and, and pretty soon we get in this mode where, I, you know, well, you know, I'll just wait on God and don't do anything, and a week goes by, a month goes by, a six months go by, a year goes by, nothing's changing. And you're still waiting, you know, doing nothing on God. Come on. And it could be that we need to get you moving forward. Amen. And if there's something back there God has talked to you about, maybe get you, even though it might feel like there's resistance, 
You know, you think about, uh, am I boring you? Okay. You know, you think about relational things, uh, marriage, raising your kids. Um, the Spirit of God will give you, uh, you know, direction about something. And you're thinking, well, that ain't going to be well received. Well, you might be right, and then again, you might be wrong. But you not doing anything because you're nervous about some kind of response. So a lot of folks, there's a lot of folks that stay right there. They're waiting for the moment. You already had your moment 42 times, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, woo, another one, woo, another one, woo. The whole time God's going, you want this changed or not? Well, if I say this, you know, it's like, you know, uh, when I was, uh, you know, like working in the mill, for instance, I'll just use that for an illustration. You know, there were certain people you work with, and, you know, you're kind of gung-ho. You're going to tell, tell the world about Christ. You know, you're, ah, and, and, and you'd see certain people, and certain people you go, ooh, he's going to be a hard nut to crack. I found, I, I seriously found, the hard nuts were the easiest. <laughs> Dry and brittle, whoosh, they're broke, amen. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, your head wants to go, kind of, you know, sneak in here. And the whole time the Lord says, go tell him. And it's, I, I found those were usually the easiest. And the ones I thought was going to be super easy were the ones that gave me fits. I don't know how or why it was, but somehow it just ended up being that way. But, but the bottom line is sometimes, you know, because we look at something and we, we assume there's going to be major resistance, or maybe there is actually resistance. Either way, it doesn't matter. You still are a call to press forward, move forward, have some follow-through. Amen. Did you get something today? Yeah. Give the Lord praise. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Appreciate you giving me a few extra minutes there. Thank you for that. So praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Uh, it's, it's kind of fun going through, uh, you know, finding some things out about David. Amen. Yeah. Things that were pretty cool about him and. And uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling in my heart, probably got at least another message in me about David. There's something else I think it would be worthy of bringing out next week. And so uh, we'll probably at least do another one on David. And then, you know, who knows where we'll go to next after that, you know. But um, just uh, follow him and what he says to do. But uh, bring up another patriarch of faith and, and uh, glean some more from them. Praise God. Father, we just give praise and glory once again. We're thankful for your word and thankful for these principles today. Thankful, Lord, uh, for just really these, uh, these things that we can learn and glean from the life of David. And so we're, we're grateful, Lord, for these things. And, Father, I just thank you and praise you. Hallelujah for a people that truly had an ear to hear tonight and a heart to receive. Thank you for taking us all higher, taking us deeper, making us the men and women that we're so destined to be, taking us from glory unto glory, from faith to faith, strength to strength, grace upon grace, just that process of changing us and growing us up and, and making us the, you know, the people that, that we can be, praise God, in you. And for that, we give you the praise and the glory for it. Father, again, thank you for what you're doing, amen, and for what you're about to do. We give you the praise in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. All right. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. 
we understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.